I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is uh, Beth Hendler Grunt. She's the author of The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. Job openings are near record highs, and unemployment is close to a generational low. But recent college grads face their own unique challenges. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York released data that the jobless rate for those ages 22 to 27 with a bachelor's degree has surpassed the national average every month since January 2021. What does this mean for parents of new grads? What can these young adults do to prove their worth to prospective employers? And will they ever make enough money to move out of the house? The competition for finding a job after college can be fierce, but career coach and former Fortune 500 consultant Beth Hendler Grunt said there is reason to be helpful, uh, to be well helpful and hopeful, I guess. She provides a proven step-by-step approach for successfully guiding young adults through the transition from college to career. She's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, CNN, Fortune, and many other media outlets. Welcome to the show, Beth. Nice to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. So we're going to be talking about the next great step. How do you get these college grads out of your house? Um, That's the big question for this generation. And in your book, you tell parents or you give parents and students uh, the secrets to getting that job, that first job. So how do they do it? So it's a process. <laughs> and I guess <laughs> I wrote my book, The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. And I specifically wrote it for parents because they want to provide guidance, but they're not sure what to say or how to do it. Very often, parents have not looked for a job in 20 plus years, and they really want to offer support in a way that's meaningful and current, you know, and if their you know, young adult is willing <laughs> to listen. Um, I also have a recent grad, so sometimes they're not always um, want to hear what mom and dad have to say, but I think if we give them a tool that enables them to give some really uh, step-by-step structured approach that doesn't feel quite so overwhelming, it actually can yield to success with their young adult. Beth, but what and about can the we process, do this? Oh, can sorry, we do, I just want to stop you for a second because, okay, you're, you said you have parents who haven't looked for a job perhaps in 20 years. They haven't been in that position. So can you make kind of a comparison like the, your kid who just graduated from college doesn't necessarily want to listen to you because maybe what you're having to say is outdated, you know, hence your book. What's outdated? What would a parent who say is in that position, they want to give the kid the best information they can, but they don't have that information? What's the old information? Just to, uh, just tell us what that is compared to the new things one has to know in order to land well, this first job or get them out of the house. Yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> and just because our young adults might think it's old information doesn't mean that it's not good or useful. So I want to clarify like old or traditional methods and those that are useful. Things like a parent might say, well, why don't you pick up the phone and call someone, which actually is a very useful method of connecting. But our young adults have not grown up talking on the phone. They have a device in their hand. They're used to texting or communicating over social media. And they're uncomfortable with that because they don't know what to say or they're afraid that they won't say the right thing, whatever that is. So that's one method of just calling on the phone, although it can be incredibly effective 
if they know what to say or reaching out to someone that they haven't met that maybe it's a fellow alumni, maybe it's a family friend and reaching out with a nice you know, email to say, I'm really interested in learning more about what you do. I'd like to speak with you for 10, 15 minutes to have a conversation about that. Again, these are simple tools that we may have done more traditionally and they're still highly effective now. But what I find is that our young adults are just very uncomfortable. Uh, they're very overwhelmed at the thought of this and more because they don't have the tools. A lot of it is they just haven't been taught. They haven't had the practice. So it's not that these, I'll call it old ways of doing things are bad. It's like they don't understand how to use them in the current world, matching to technology and online job boards and different social media methods. So we kind of blend the best of the old and the new together so they feel comfortable. Okay, so take us through that step-by-step. What is this step-by-step approach? We, I get it. They don't have, they really don't have, as my experience, the communication skills, and that's probably a topic for another show. Um, and can't, as you say, can't pick up the phone and, and try and get it, land a job or at least talk to somebody uh, initially. So what do they do? What's the approach? What's, I mean, what would you tell parents? What's the, what approach they should be using to help their kid get a job for the first time? Yeah. So what I tell parents, even though the first instinct is to tell them, well, just apply to more jobs, you know, use, we get, I think we get um, confused by the technology that's in front of us, whether it's Indeed or Glassdoor or LinkedIn. Sometimes the first feeling is, well, are you applying to enough jobs where they think it's a numbers game? And I'll say that it's not a numbers game. It's not quantity. It's the quality. So before they even step foot towards a job board or apply or randomly just shoot out their resume to hundreds of people, take a moment with them to step back and really help them to clarify their skills. And what do I mean by that is what is it that they're good at? Just because they might have studied something in school or a certain major, maybe they don't necessarily feel connected to it or they're not sure what they're good at. So are they analytical? Are they a great writer? Are they a good problem solver? Are they creative? But sometimes our young adults are struggling to even say what they're good at. They feel like, well, I only went to school. I don't have anything to offer. And I think as parents, maybe we can share some observations of, look, I've seen you do this, or you're incredible with young children, or I've seen how you've demonstrated leadership. And just start helping them get some clarity. And I encourage like the top three core skills. What are the top three that you're the most competent, most skilled at and enjoy doing? And when that clarity starts to come together, things start to get easier in the job search, where now you understand maybe you'll focus on companies or positions that can leverage those skills, or you'll focus on the types of industries and jobs where you can use those skills and learn more. So that's kind of the first step in the process of self-assessment and helping them to assess what they enjoy and what what they're good at. Well, in this process of self-assessment, as you say, and clarifying your skills, does passion come into it at all? I mean, is it important for, you know, to, some, to at least uh, for a parent to uh, talk to their child about what are they passionate about besides having the skills, but what are they really not just interested in, but do they have a passion for something? It would seem to me that would be also tying in with, you know, clarifying one's skills. Yes, I think passion comes into play. I think it's just balancing of 
like, for example, I have a, a, a young adult working with us now who's, you know, really passionate about music and composing and creating, yet they were an engineer and they studied, you know, engineering and math in, in college. And the question is, how do you either bridge those together or how do we create uh, an opportunity to learn about how you can take more of that analytical side with the creative side? Um, I actually think there's probably some synergy. So I think passion plays a piece into it. I think you just have to realize if you have you done something that shows that you have experience in that area or can leverage that. We talk about the story. What's the story that you tell someone if you say, I want to go into something creative or composing music. Well, what have you done? Maybe you've just done it on your own. Maybe you've done it as a hobby or you joined a club. It might have nothing to do with your major, but long as you can express to someone, I call it connect the dots. Show how the thing that you're passionate about, that it's not just saying I'm passionate about it. It's like, here's what I've done personally in my own time to really grow this interest of mine. And here's how I potentially want to leverage it into an opportunity or job. What is the competition out there, for instance, as you're describing this potential young person who's going to be looking for a job in the way that you're talking about? Uh, what kind of competition? How does that work? I mean, and how do they, how do employers um, interview, let's say, or get this information that we're talking about from the potential young person who's applying for the job? I mean, do they have group interviews? Do they, What kinds of how, how, you know, first, how do they carry it out and what kind of competition are the students up against or the graduates? Yes, the market's competitive, no matter, uh, it's, we're just in that place where employers really want strong candidates. And we're seeing more and more different tools that competitor, uh, I'm sorry, that employers are using to really screen candidates. So one of the things that has really thrown off, I think, a lot of our <laughs> recent grads is and companies are using this one-way interview as the very first exposure. So instead of having a screening phone call with HR, they send a link to a candidate and say, answer these three questions via video. There's nobody on the other end, and you have like one minute to say, tell me about yourself, or what do you know about the company? And sometimes you get the chance to re-record, sometimes you don't. But they are making an assessment before even meeting you in person or speaking with you live. And the challenge for our students and grads is there's no one on the other end. So you can't even read the body language or know what that person's thinking. And this is not a natural way that you communicate in terms of recording yourself and being um, kind of emoting and having, you know, showing an expression on your face, sometimes that's, that's a challenge. So that's the first thing that, that we're seeing. The second thing that we're seeing is, yes, yeah, sometimes once you move past that, then you'll get to a live person. But it's still usually over video. We're still seeing a lot of video interviews based on the world and where we've been with the pandemic. People are not bringing you in person. So things that you might have not thought about, of course, we're all comfortable and familiar with Zoom. But in a video, you need to make sure you have good lighting, that the audio is good, that you're, you know, facing the window versus having it behind you so your image isn't darkened, that you're even emoting and, and smiling even more than you might have because video tends to dull you down. So all of these factors that you might have not had to think about for an in-person interview, they're still making this assessment, they're recording it, they're sharing it with peers, and then maybe you'll get to an in-person interview, but it's it's definitely, um, it's competitive. You have to really differentiate yourself. You have to be very prepared 
and research. You can't just walk in and say, oh, I just want this job because it looks like it would be interesting. I mean, people want to see that you've done your homework, that you have clarity on what the company is and how your skills and how your talents align to helping that company be successful because that's ultimately what a company is you know, looking for. When you talk about these one-way interviews, I mean, that's a, a, a very... Uh, obviously specific way of relating to people. I mean, and you mentioned several things, lighting, you know, you know the way your, your speech, uh, makeup, I mean, all of those kinds of things. So should your child be taking a course in that in terms of presentations, acting, film actually is what it is, uh, being able to uh, really do a one man or one woman show. Uh, and it would seem to me, that some people are able to do that, even if they don't necessarily have the underlying skills in the same way, but they are really good presenters. And how does that work? You know, they're, they're good filmmakers. Yes. You know, it's interesting. I had a father I spoke with and they're um, international. They moved to the country and he said, you know, it's interesting in the U S I noticed that in interviews that candidates are rewarded for those that have the ability to speak and present really well. So they may not be, I'll say, the most qualified candidate or the person with the you know, highest credentials, but because you're able to sell it in a way, you can sell yourself, those are the ones that are chosen. And that, I find, tends to be a common pattern with how people make decisions. Is that fair? I'm not sure. But if you're a quiet introvert and it's hard for you to talk, um, it's going to be challenging. So, yeah, it absolutely presents uh, challenges. What I recommend is you just have to practice. You can't go in cold or you can't go in where you've just written it on a piece of paper and you think what you've written, that you're just going to read it or like memorize it. Like, saying it out loud is very different from what you have written down. And you need to practice it. You record yourself I and mean, use your phone, use your video pretend someone's there or do it for someone else. But that practice is critical when it comes to these interviews for whether it's a one-way interview or it's a two-way interview, you have to see what you look like and you have to kind of either get some feedback through, you know, a program like ours or any peer, a mentor, a parent um, to see, you know, how people respond to you because it takes, it takes some work. And perhaps if one can afford it, hiring an acting coach, let's make the assumption that your child really does have the skills and they're, uh, you know, all of the underlying things that you talked about and they, they're, they're suited for the job, but then maybe you need to hire a, an acting coach so that they can present those skills in, in this, I'm thinking this one-way interview, or even if it's a two-way interview, because the competition is so stiff. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a part of it, obviously presenting it. But I think the more important piece that I think why companies select candidates is really because the candidate is able to clearly articulate the skills they have and match that and align with the goals that the company has and can really put themselves in the employer's shoes and say, because of my skill, I understand you know, your priorities are X, Y, and Z. And because of my skills, I'm confident that I can help you to accomplish that. And say it in a way where you're saying it with confidence. So, yes, so maybe the, the acting skills might help a little bit. So, you know, and saying it in a way where you're confident, you're powerful in, in your delivery, but you also, the words that you say and how you explain yourself is, I think, also really important. And that's something I think that we help 
candidates with is getting your story really clear and concise so somebody understands how they can use your talent in in their organization. So I'm, uh, let's say, you know, I'm an employer and I am uh, considering hiring this young person who just graduated from college. Um, From the employer's point of view, why would I do that? I mean, why would I hire somebody with absolutely, you know, limited experience and I can get somebody five years older, 10 years older, who's young and but still has some experience? What's going to give them the edge? Well, how are you going to get hired? Are these low uh, entry level jobs or only entry level jobs that we're talking about? I mean, we're talking primarily, yes, entry-level jobs. So we're talking about students who are looking for the internship or the first job out of college could be the second job because maybe the first one didn't work out. I think employers should give, you know, students and grads a chance because they do have the energy, they have the desire, they want to do well, they want to learn. And I think also it gives an employer a chance to mold them in a way in terms of how business is done at your organization and they're not stuck in their ways yet. They're, they're willing to learn a new method or a new process. And I think we just need to give them more of an opportunity. I know it's hard. I think that's why I came at it. I, I started this business because I was in the consulting world and I was consulting executives who said the same thing. They say, I really want to bring on new candidates, but I don't want to babysit them. And I, they don't understand the problems that we have. But likewise, I have colleagues and friends who say, I don't understand. My kid went to a great school. They have great grades. They have an internship and they cannot get hired. So what you know we're doing is really trying to bridge that gap of what employers are expecting and making sure that students and grads can elevate themselves to present that in a way that makes themselves look valuable because they are. They have a lot to offer an organization. I think sometimes also companies, we need to give them um, an opportunity to really test the waters. Maybe there's a way through more internships. I would love to see more of that. Um, Or what we call micro internships could be two or three week projects. So I think there's a lot of ways to engage young adults in our workplace because there's so much they don't realize is out there. They don't realize the thousands of different jobs that they've never heard of. And we need to do a better job of educating them and giving them exposure to it because that's how they learn. So, Beth, give us some of the, or tell us some of those jobs. You say there are thousands of jobs out there that many of these students are, 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 and parents are not aware of. What jobs are, are you know, are they? Can name a few. Well, I think it's changing every day. I mean, there's, you know, we keep evolving in terms of the world of, you know, technology, whether it's insurance um, and sales. And I think things are presented in different ways. I think that sometimes it's confusing. Someone will see a, a job ad for a salesperson could say, you know, business development, client manager, account executive, sales associate. So sometimes it's hard to even decipher what is it that you're doing and you're learning. And I think the more important thing that I really would love young adults to do or parents to encourage their students to do is to reach out and talk to people who are fellow alumni or who might be doing something that's interesting to them, but they're not fully sure what they do because we all need to learn. Everything's evolving, whether technology starts taking over certain activities that we thought were going to be around for a while, and maybe it's more of the ability to consult and advise things that actually really need, you know, human expertise. And the more you talk to 
other experts in the field, or I also encourage, you know, talk to fellow alumni, especially those that graduated in the last three to five years. They're the most friendly. They're the most sympathetic to how challenging it is to find that first job. And ask them, how did you get there? Why did you get there? What skills are you using? What do you see happening? Where do you see the industry going and changing and evolving? And I think the more we just continue and encourage our young adults to have that dialogue and not make decisions in their head or what they think that they're just seeing off of the internet or social media, they have to talk to live people to understand how, how jobs are evolving and how they can fit into that. Talk to us about some of these stories that you've encountered, some of the, you know, the, the real, the human interest, the examples, put a face on it for us. Oh, there's so many stories. <laughs> pick, <laughs> I'll give okay. you a story pick, of where... Pick a really dramatic one. Pick one that's really over the top, either that's been very successful, let's say maybe successful or really success well, story, or one that wasn't so successful, you couldn't get them off the couch and out the door and <laughs> to the job. I, I'll kind of... Uh, okay, this is a little... <laughs> but let me give you some... I'll give you some context of, the, of, of some typical stories that I hear a lot. So I have parents, I speak to them every single day. I speak to hundreds of parents. And one of the common things that I hear is, well, I don't know if my kid's motivated or they seem kind of lazy or I've told them to do things over and over again and I don't understand. They're just not doing it. Like they just don't care. They're still living at home. You know, Sue, look, I'm not a therapist. Um, I'm not the expert, but I definitely start to see some trends where either we've made it too comfortable for our kids um, or... Something else is going on. And I think the one thing that I see a lot is that there's definitely a lot more mental health issues. And maybe we need to kind of really assess, is it just because they don't want to look for a job or something else going on where maybe the anxiety to pick up the phone or send a letter is more than just general nerves? Maybe there's something else happening. Or maybe the fact because they don't want to get out of bed maybe they are depressed and that's not just being depressed by, Hey, I got rejected. It's like something else. So I think just my first observation and just from a story is just be aware and, and have your eyes open to what's happening with your kids. Uh, because sometimes I've seen situations where it's frustrating or upsetting that parents are like, Oh, they've been like that for years, but like, I'm really concerned. You know, I'm a mom, I have a college kid and college grad and I know this age group. Um, so just kind of more be aware the other thing from a story perspective is this is a common one where a parent will say to me, I don't understand. You know, I introduced my son to the vice president of this finance firm. You know, I have all these contacts. And I think there's a lot of that feeling, too. Parents are like, hey, even if it doesn't work out in school, I know plenty of people. I'm going to introduce my kid and I'm going to make sure that they get a job, which is, which is fine. I'm, I'm not opposed to introductions. But what happens if they don't expect is that very often their kid will blow it. So the kid goes into the interview, they sit down, they're way too casual, they're not prepared. They think that because mom and dad is friends with this person, that that person's going to put their own reputation on the line to hire them. And then nothing happens. They don't get hired because it's about money and making sure that if I'm going to put someone in that role, that you better have the right skills to do that. It doesn't matter how close of friends I am with your parents. And I think that surprises people a lot. They don't realize that all the contacts they thought were going to work out uh, don't work out because people still need a talented candidate and it's too important. It's just not a, you know, it's not a casual, casual thing. So those are kind of some of the themes of the, of the stories I hear about. Yeah. And I think that's really important what you say. Well, the two things you said, well, many things that you said during the interview, but, uh, 
I think the first thing you said that parents do on some level make kids feel too comfortable. It's really easier at this, you know, once they gra- graduate from college, I, I'll stay home for, you know, why do I have to get out there and, and start working right now? Um, and they are comfortable, or as you say, the other side of the coin is they may be depressed and frightened and scared, and you have to be aware of that too. That's critical, right? So be pre- parents have to be prepared, and the kid has to be prepared when they actually get that interview that maybe their parents uh, set up for them. Uh, I want yeah. We only have a few minutes left, so uh, we, you know, we've been discussing the book, but then talk to us a little bit, you know, a couple minutes left about your uh, the work that you're doing, the next great step, and uh, where we can get in for more information about that if uh, people are interested in participating. Um, that would be really helpful. Absolutely. So we support college students and recent grads on helping them to land the first internship um, or first job out of college. And we do that with coaching programs, either through small group coaching programs or private one-on-one. And I'm really proud to say that over 90% of our clients are landing the internship or job that they deserve. We are not recruiters. We're not headhunters, but we really give them this step-by-step method and process that enables them to be successful and landing the job they, they desire. And if you want to learn more about how we do that, we'd welcome the opportunity to have a complimentary consultation. Go to next great step.com and click the button that says, let's talk. would love to speak with you, your child, um, to see how we can best support them because uh, this, is, uh, this is our sole focus and uh, we love it. It's really, really rewarding. And uh, our goal is to help young adults, you know, be successful and launching. That's great. And you're the, as uh, I, I guess I read this in the interview, but you're certainly the person to do that with your experience and all the work that you've had with uh, corporate, obviously. But uh, yeah, great work. Thank you so much. The next great step is the title of the book, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. And we've been speaking to the author, Beth Hendler-Grunt. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 